0: The directive I'm signing today will refocus America's space program on human exploration and discovery. It marks an important step in returning American astronauts to the moon for the first time since 1972 for long-term exploration and use. This time we will not only plant our flag and leave our footprint, we will establish a foundation for an eventual mission to Mars and perhaps, someday, to many
1: worlds beyond. Hello everyone, that was of course the voice of Donald Trump, from a press conference in 2017, announcing his plans to have American astronauts back on the moon by 2024. As I sit here in the first quarter of 2023, the plan is still for Artemis II to perform a lunar flyby in May next year. This will make it the first manned mission to travel beyond low-Earth orbit since 1972. NASA has pushed the date for an actual landing back to, at least, 2025. A further eight manned missions are planned over the following decade, laying down the infrastructure for a more permanent lunar presence. Whether it's due to the 50th anniversary of the Apollo missions, or just because the Donald thought he could flog some beachfront properties there, The prospect for a return to the moon has never felt so concrete. In examining the debate over whether man has ever really been to the moon, I've come across various iterations of the comment that these Artemis missions will finally silence the critics. Whether it's in 2025 or 6 or 7, the moon hoaxes are going to look pretty stupid when that rocket does touch down on the lunar surface. This is often followed by a more pessimistic comment that, it really won't make any difference, the lunatic fringe will simply claim these new landings are hoaxes too, such as their dogmatic devotion to their creed. Evidence just won't shake them. But is this the case? The thing that's intrigued me in this whole debate is the question of the questions. What questions could we possibly ask that would resolve this issue one way or the other? Do such questions even exist? Or are we forever locked into unresolvable arguments about reflectors, moon rocks, and shadows on photos? And whose responsibility is it? Is it up to the cynics to prove man never walked on the moon? Or is the onus on NASA to prove they really did? I went over examples of this polarisation in episode 1, looking at how the same evidence is seen differently depending on the paradigm one occupies to begin with. Things like billowing dust clouds and photos of the landing sites are cited by both sides as confirming their position. I was drawing on the philosopher Paul Feyerabend's work on the concept of incrementsibility, explaining why people occupying different perspectives talk past each other. Another philosopher who might be helpful is Karl Popper, with his ideas on falsification. Essentially, Popper stated that for any theory to be considered scientific, it must provide some condition under which it could be proven untrue. Falsified. Have moon landing cynics done this? That's what I've been listening out for, and I believe I've identified a couple of points where they indeed have. I'll play two examples. The first one is our prominent moon landing cynic Marcus Allen being asked if NASA could fake another landing.
2: I think Trump knows more than he's talking about. But as president, he can't call out NASA. He wants them to show how incompetent they are without any effort from anybody else. So He says, I want you back on the moon by 2024. Happens to be at the end of his second term, assuming he's re-elected. If they can't do it, what on earth have they been doing for the last 50 years? They haven't been flying rockets, that's for sure. They yes, fake it again. They hmm? make another fake moon mission. Too many people are watching, Mm. Mm. too many people are fully aware of the problem, NASA know that and that's their problem, that they can't fool people a second time. Fool me once, shame on, what's what's that phrase? Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to get shamed a second time. Enough people are aware of the problems and will be asking the question. Well, what about a heat shield? You know, you're supposed to be able to use a heat shield. What's the problem? Use what they use on Apollo. Go, go and take, you know, get some pictures. See, digital cameras are quite different from film cameras. Digital cameras work in space. No dispute about that. It's the film camera that doesn't.
1: The second clip I have is from my recent interview with Randy Walsh, where I was keen to pick up on comments he'd made on NASA's inability to provide good quality photographs of the Apollo landing sites.
0: Let's go with 1972. Let's go with the last Apollo mission. Um, You have the lander there. You have the flag and so on and so forth. There is no atmosphere on the surface of the moon. There's no atmosphere surrounding the moon. It's not even protected. It is protected to some degree, uh, depending on the moon's position to the Earth by the Earth's magnetic field. But for the most part, it is exposed to the elements of space outside of Earth's magnetic field, depending on what orbit it's in. So you're talking 50 years of degradation of the uh, lunar lander on the surface being bombarded by cosmic rays, solar rays, micrometeorites, um, so on and so forth, heat, coronal mass ejections, solar flares, you name it. You can name any of them through the line and that equipment is being bombarded. So the question is, nobody knows for sure what the wear and tear would be on that equipment left on the lunar surface from 50 years of bombardment from all the elements of space. And NASA is not in a position to really fake it and make that determination. So rather than face that, they'll go around it and Photoshop what we see.
1: So there we have it. Two men, prominent in the moon host community, providing conditions of falsification. If NASA now does make a return journey or provides high quality photographs, at least as high quality as Google can give you off your house, it's going to be very hard for them to backtrack on these claims. It's not impossible they could backtrack, but their credibility should be damaged in doing so. So now I want to turn this around and invite those who contend the Apollo missions did indeed go to the moon to present their own criteria of falsification. If it's going to be embarrassing for the cynics when humans return there in a couple of years' time, will it be equally embarrassing to the believers if they don't? Well, no, probably not. I mean, you'd expect some delays. But at what point will it get embarrassing? What if there's not a return journey by the end of this decade? The Artemis program would then have taken longer than Apollo did, and without any success. What about by 2035, a full 18 years after Trump's announcement? By that time, Artemis 11 is supposed to have landed with lunar habitats allowing astronauts to camp out for months. What if none of this happens? By 2030, 40, 50? When does it become a problem? If we go a full hundred years of -of out-of-return journey, will 2072 be the year 1969 comes into doubt? Of course, the absence of a future event can never prove a past one did not occur, but surely it can raise doubts. It seems certain that the more time that passes absent a return, the more people in the world will harbor these doubts. These, then, are my two questions for anyone who is firmly convinced NASA sent men to the moon. At what point will the continued absence of clear photographs of the Apollo landing sites cause you to begin to harbor doubts? And, at what point will the failure to return raise doubts? Now, you can say that not even in a thousand years, not when the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, or the mountains blow in the wind like leaves, Will you ever, ever doubt the Apollo landings? But then, unlike the moon hoaxes, you can't insert any point of falsification here. you set the game up in a manner where you can only ever win. You might start to sound like you have your own dogmatic devotion to a particular creed. If this question had been asked in 1972, I don't think anyone would have gone as far out as 50 years without a return. That's why I'm asking it now. So in another 10... 25 or 50 years, we can look back and see how people's predictions played out. If you leave an answer in the comments box of whatever platform you're listening to this on, I shall incorporate them into a future episode. Perhaps you think there are other, better questions to ask. Better falsifications for both sides. I can think of a few candidates myself, and I'm interested to hear what other people come up with. Thanks for listening. I actually compiled some clips for this episode of previous US presidents talking about returning to the moon, and I didn't end up using them, so I'll play us out with them, as I think it's worth being aware of how many failed predictions have already been made.
3: Because the Apollo astronauts left more than flags and footprints on the moon, they also left some unfinished business. For even 20 years ago, we recognized that America's ultimate goal was not simply to go there and go back, but to go there and go on. Mike Collins said it best. The moon is not a destination. It's a direction. And space is the inescapable challenge to all the advanced nations of the earth. And there's little question that in the 21st century, humans will again leave their home planet for voyages of discovery and exploration. What was once improbable is now inevitable. The time has come to look beyond brief encounters. We must commit ourselves anew to a sustained program of manned exploration of the solar system. And yes, the permanent settlement of space. Our third goal is to return to the moon by 2020 as the launching point for missions beyond. Beginning no later than 2008, we will send a series of robotic missions to the lunar surface to research and prepare for future human exploration. Using the crew exploration vehicle, we will undertake extended human missions to the moon as early as 2015, with the goal of living and working there for increasingly extended periods of time.
4: Unlike the previous program, we are setting a course with specific and achievable milestones. Early in the next decade, a set of crewed flights will test and prove the systems required for exploration beyond low-Earth orbit. And by 2025, we expect new spacecraft designed for long journeys to allow us to begin the first-ever crewed missions beyond the Moon into deep space. So we'll start We'll start by sending astronauts to an asteroid for the first time in history. By the mid 2030s, I believe we can send humans to orbit Mars and return them safely to Earth. And a landing on Mars will follow. And I expect to be around to see it. I understand that some believe that we should attempt a return to the surface of the Moon first, as previously planned. But I I, I just have to say uh, pretty bluntly here, we've been there before. Buzz has been there. There's a lot more of space to explore and a lot more to learn when we do. So I believe it's more important to ramp up our capabilities to reach and operate at a series of increasingly demanding targets while advancing our technological capabilities with each step forward. And that's what this strategy does. And that's how we will ensure that our leadership in space is even stronger in this new century than it was in the last.
2: If your kid wanted to find out whether or not there were there's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something or,
3: you know, whether those aliens are here or not, you know, who are the people they talk to beyond the kids who love talking about it?